welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Awesome. That was fast. Thank you. Yeah. Today. All right. Well, welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. And we're super excited to be here with you today. We are live every Thursday morning in our group Braveheart Conversations. So if you haven't already, check us out. And today we are going to be talking about transactional love versus true intimacy. If you don't know what we're talking about, let me break it down a little bit. So um, transactional love is what I'm referring to as transactional love is this idea of owing. So often when we get into relationships, we are talking about at least something that kind of devolves into um, I pay the bills and support you financially, so therefore I'm entitled to sex with you. Or um, what's You're another my maid. one? <laughs> yeah, or from the, the other perspective too, because um, I take care of your home and I take care of your children, you owe me um, nice things or money that I can spend. So it's this idea of I do this, so you owe me that. That's what I'm talking about with transactional love. And what I want to discuss today is how that actually is not honoring or loving at all. And it hindered, uh, hinders us from actually um, having intimacy with our partners. So what... I want to break down what we what we think of as love and intimacy, what makes that up and how transactional love is keeping us from that or is detracting from that. So often I will hear and was a woman, I hear women and I was a woman who um, felt guilty for not being able to provide for my husband um, in the ways that he wanted to and he felt entitled to. And this was regarding my body, money, because um, I still had the idea that my resources weren't my resources, that he was entitled to them. Sorry. No one. I'm, I'm getting real handsy here. <laughs> Your time. <laughs> time, yeah. That um, because we were in this relationship, that that then entitled the other person. That entitled my partner to have me, have elements of me. And that became then transactional and not genuine. So true intimacy comes from nothing but desire. It's two people that mutually desire each other, whether we're talking about um, sexual connection or we're talking about emotional connection or gifts of um, money or time. They're, they're true gifts. They're they're coming from the heart. They're coming from desire. Nothing but purely I want to. Mm -hmm. I want to give it. I don't sit here with Marie and go, gee, I feel really guilty about not spending time with her. So I guess I'll sit through another session with her. <laughs> that is not um, well, loving, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't want Marie to come here mm -hmm. and go, gosh, we've done this for so long, I can't say no. Like that would be transactional, right? It's yeah. coming from guilt and obligation instead of genuine desire. We are mutually desiring to create a podcast. We're mutually mm -hmm. desiring to have 
um, to be in each other's company too. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's true intimacy. Um, intimacy can happen in every type of relationship. It's that idea of true connection and it can only, only, only happen when two people mutually desire it. Um, it doesn't come from owing. Yeah. So whenever, so if I were to start getting those feelings, right. And I started to feel like, Oh, showing up to that podcast is a burden, <laughs> right? Or, oh man, I'm not ready to see Marie again. Then I would be obligated to communicate. I would Mm -hmm. be obligated. If I truly love Marie, I would communicate that with her and either change the situation where it was more honoring to both of us or say, you know, I'm not feeling this right Mm -hmm. now. That would be the most honoring thing to do and vice versa. Instead of just manufacturing those feelings and doing it out of an obligation and owing. Yeah, yeah. So Marie, um, do you want to add to everything that's been said about transactional love? What maybe what your experiences have been around transactional love? How does it feel when somebody else is either expecting you to do something for yeah. them? Well, there's a lot of unwritten expectations too that you. You, you may not consciously be aware of where they are expecting these things and you're not consciously aware of it. And it just really causes a lot of tension yeah. and a lot of, you can feel it when, when either of you are going, wow, I'm in this relationship and I have to be because of mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, you know, it could be the kids financially. I don't feel secure. Um, no one else will love me for whatever reasons we're staying obligated in this particular situation, then it becomes transactional or, um, back to what you were saying that, um, I do this for you. So you do this for me. And it's, it feels so icky versus support. Well, how can I support you? And that's the other thing I was going to say about when, um, she was saying if, if for any reason this, podcast starts to feel that burden we'll have that conversation and then we will mutually work on solutions that are a win-win that's mm-hmm. that's our usual mode of operandi you're looking for win-wins always not not a if i do this you win and i lose or i do this and i win and you lose because that's not fun for anybody like who wants to be in a relationship where you lose <laughs> you know it is not very much it, it's not um, intimate and it doesn't fill your soul, which mm-hmm. to get to that level of intimacy that you're really looking for. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you touched a little bit on really the, the idea of hierarchy, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a segue, but I'll tie it no, in. No, I like it. Um, so hierarchy is, is a really um, subconscious thing that we have we have integrated based on many, many, many thousands of years of history um, where women have been um, in a lower status of hierarchy. We have been property for, you know, in most cultures and most years on this planet, we have been property. Mm -hmm. And so there's that idea of hierarchy where there's, there have been win-lose situations all the time. um, And, and women have been very accepting of being the losing party because we didn't have any rights to do anything else. So um, now at this point, we have this really interesting situation where we do have the ability, we have the right 
to, um, we have an equal status. And so there's this idea of partnership that's very, very different than mm. um, submission and very different than you're the leader, I'm the follower. Um, instead, it's we are equal collaborators Yes, in this relationship. Yeah, totally, totally different dynamic. Um, and so that element of hierarchy is for sure a intimacy killer, right? Yes. If, if I were to say, you know, Marie, I don't really care how you feel. I'm the leader. I'm in charge. I run this podcast. And yeah. so you will show up every Thursday, right? That would then not be an obligation. <laughs> and then it's not very fun. <laughs> no. Um, and then it, it does become only obligation and it becomes only, uh, you know, if you were to follow along with that, um, which I know you which wouldn't. Which I wouldn't. <laughs> but um, you can see how that would not... Um, that would not nurture connection. Mm -hmm. That would not nurture intimacy. That would actually create an unsafe and hostile environment for you mm -hmm. and would disconnect me. It wouldn't serve either of us. Yeah. So in a partnership, the standard is collaboration or nothing. Win-win or nothing. Like that yep. is the only option in a true partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, there is never an option of, well, oh, well, I win, you lose. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. Deal with I've heard it, yeah. that. Deal with it. <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes that is the conversation in transaction also. Mm -hmm. um, how, many, how many of us have been in situations where a partner has said, well, you're married to me, so you need to give it up, and that's just the way it is. Um, I think many of us have been in those situations yeah. and it's very transactional and it's very, you know, I got into this relationship with you. So therefore you owe me mm -hmm. and tough shit. <laughs> um, so, um, I want to talk about maybe some of the history that brought us there. Um, as children, we have often heard from the very beginning that we are not entitled to ourselves that um, we do owe mm -hmm. something um, we owe to employers we owe our time to employers we owe which is a true transaction by the way mm -hmm. it is a clear I am trading you my time and my effort for money, for money. like it's a very clear exchange um, that you can do in a marriage if you'd like, but that's very different than saying, I'm going to get into this relationship because I love you mm -hmm. and we want to mutually create something. So if you want a transactional relationship, then be honest about it. You know, come to the table and say, I am trading you um, these pieces of myself in order to have this particular lifestyle. I've seen that in the marriages before too, and it, it works for them if they all understand it, mm -hmm. but it's not the kind of marriage I want, but it has worked for people. Yeah. And there's no judgment there. If that is what you choose to do, just right, be exactly. honest about it. Yeah. Like both people deserve honesty. So if one person is in the and relationship, both people agree. Exactly. If one person is in the relationship thinking that they're here for love and intimacy, and then the other person is here thinking, well, you fulfill these needs for me. You cook my dinners and you clean my house, <laughs> you know, um, then you're, you're really not on the same page and that dishonesty won't serve you well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so what I would like to do is talk about where we're getting that. Um, cause a lot of women that I've worked with have 
explained how they feel guilty when they mm-hmm. say no yeah. um, to any part of accessing them. So maybe it's time, you know, well, I feel like I have to rush home after work because, you know, I'm supposed to do the dinner, do the dinner and, and, you know, that's my husband's time because any time that isn't fulfilled by, or isn't, um, uh, what's the word, um, isn't spoken for, mm-hmm. um, on my calendar by something else, some other obligation has to be, you know, for this person. But like, that's a really, um, assumed expectation or entitlement, um, attention. You know, I must make sure that my partner is, you know, has my attention before everything and else. And my kids. My kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not, and not, and the expectation is also, and it's an unwritten expectation or a secret that you won't, have any desires you can take care of yourself on any of your needs or desires I think that's an unwritten expectation like it's not it's not a consideration if I don't say something mm-hmm. if do you does that make sense what I'm saying so sometimes it's like it's not even thought of <laughs> yeah whereas one partner is yeah where one partner is is that the the one that expects everything to be taken care of mm-hmm. but that it's not reciprocal Right. Yeah. So like, oh, I totally understand that you need to go out with the guys, but then when it's my turn yeah. to need to go out with the girls, well, wait a minute, you know. I I have your time. Yeah. You're taking time away from me. Totally. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of catering that happens, mm-hmm. which I think is a lot of, it's a lot of programming that exactly. we're supposed to play a supportive role. Um, and so that, that programming is there both for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um but the entitlement to yourself is a really big piece. So reclaiming that and saying, I, before anyone else, I'm entitled to my time, my attention, my labor, my resources, which is like your money and your property and your body, that you have a right to say no to any of those things, regardless of the relationship that you're in, regardless if you're married, regardless if you have you know, uh, parents that want access to you or siblings or children that you have a right to you first and that that literally serves everyone best. Um, so that's the next piece that I'd love to talk about is that by, by, um, acting in entitlement to yourself, um, you actually serve everyone best. So if I operate in, um, you know, everybody else is entitled to me, First, then I'm giving, 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 and I end up feeling burnt out, resentful, exhausted. They get what's left of me. And consumed. (laughs) Really, I'm consumed because I'm literally giving away pieces of myself that I'm sacrificing and I really need for me. So um, it's the opposite of thriving. It's the opposite of feeling lit up and um, being tapped into your desires and acting fully in your calling. Um, and when you're living in the opposite of that, um, you're going to really struggle to be giving, um, love and giving, um, any kind of true potential from yourself. So when I am operating an entitlement to me first, not entitled to anyone else, but entitled to me, um, then I am free to follow my dreams, my vision, my calling. I am thriving. I'm 
really tuned in to myself and I'm unapologetic of meeting my needs, guess what? I become a freaking lighthouse, right? Mm -hmm. I become just a beam of light and I'm so much more um, capable of giving, giving love. And you get some and you get right. some. It's more of this. It's out of overflow. Oh, yeah. Like I literally cannot help but to give. Overflow. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot help but to just be so um, juicy that other people are more attracted to me and I am just naturally giving. It's a totally different space. Instead of feeling um, overwhelmed and obligated to be giving and giving and giving. It's, it's just totally overflow. Um, so what honors you honors everyone. It's such a profound, um, principle that has really changed my life. What honors me honors everyone. Mm -hmm. And can I just add, you're entitled to live your life fully and openly and passionately. We are entitled as, as human beings. We weren't put here on earth to be workhorses servants. And, <laughs> and servants. We were really all, every one of us deserve that. You know, because I've actually even seen it in parent-child. Because I parented you, you owe me. Right. Or because, um, you know, I'm your child, you owe me. I've seen that both ways. Mm -hmm. But every one of us were meant to thrive and go from overflow and really just live juicy, right? Just live juicy, not, which is why we get all icky feeling when we feel obligated or um, expectations that are, you know. Yeah, resentment is the natural outcome of sacrificing yourself because you will end up having expectations. So I love that you brought up the, um, the child aspect because I've seen that so many times where um, I paid for private school and you were in every sport and you did everything you wanted to do and I bought you nice things and we went on nice trips and now you become a drug addict? <laughs> you know, I've seen that play out I don't yeah. know how many times. And, and the reality is you don't have ownership over that person. And just because you sacrifice parts, parts of yourself and you betray yourself and you hurt yourself because you think it's going to benefit someone else, um, life is going to teach you, you know, because we're here to learn, right? And the, the lesson is that when you harm yourself thinking you're benefiting someone else, no, that doesn't entitle you to them. You still only have entitlement to yourself. Um, no matter how much you give someone, that does not entitle you to them. It does not entitle you to their time or their attention or, um, you know, their life course, what they choose to do, their choices. You are not, you're not entitled to that. So um, it's, it's a tough lesson because so many people I've seen are like, I gave years of my life mm. um, to make this person better or to invest in them and now they're gone. And, and the only true person you can invest in is yourself. Mm -hmm. They're going to do what they're going to do with whatever you choose to I give them. I see that with moms a lot because once the kids leave and their caretaking role is over, they they feel that loss because they're no longer and they forgot to care for the most important person. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't mean your caretaking role is not important. It's just that if you care here, then when, when those other relationships change and they will, and, and there comes a point where 
the kids will grow up or maybe my lover finds an interest that really involves his time and I want, you know, it's so it's me caring for me. Yeah. Because those relationships will evolve and change in different ways. And if I have been looking out for myself, then I feel um, safe. Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, well, I've got this. Yes, they've moved on and they're living their life and it's sad for me and I miss them. But now I can go, oh, now I can rethink that and, and come alive in a different way. And now that's an adventure for me to seek out something new and different. But I like that you brought up that piece of transactional love, which is actually this idea that I need you to meet my needs instead of I'm fully capable of meeting my needs and I love having you in my presence just because I enjoy having you in my mm -hmm. presence and vice versa. Um, transactional love really comes from this idea that I am insufficient to meet my needs and I really need um, you to uh, do these things for me in order to be okay. Yeah. And if you don't, then I'm not going to be happy and I'm not going to be fulfilled. Instead of really owning the fact that I'm resourceful and there is a whole world of resources to meet my needs that I'm capable of accessing and um there's no relationship that I can say you have to meet all of my needs. Yeah. Um, and so it is more of a desire based relationship. Again, going back to desire versus obligation, but knowing like, I want my partner to do whatever he's going to do to be happy. Um, and he wants me to be mm -hmm. happy. And that if that isn't the case in that relationship container, we'll release each other, mm -hmm. right? Because the relationship isn't the priority. The health of both people is the priority. Yeah. And that's the same for any friendship. Um, you know, Marie, you and I, our values would be we want each other to thrive and be happy, right? And yeah. if our relationship is doing anything other than empowering both people, then the relationship gets to dissolve because yep. the relationship doesn't take precedent over our individual health and mm -hmm. empowerment. And we've had these conversations, both Jillian and I. So if you're looking for that next step and you're not sure where to go, starting with a conversation is great because you do, if you're really craving that intimacy, it's mm -hmm. so vital for you to, to have that conversation and say, here's how we get a win-win. And then you collaborate together on that solution. And that is really free and empowering too, is just mm -hmm. going, hey, I, I have a teammate because we're on, we're teammates. Yeah. It's not, you know, Jillian versus me and me yeah. versus Jillian. It's, we're teammates in this, as well as our other relationships, even with, me as a mom and my children, how can I help you? And my kids do the same for me. And mm -hmm. it, it's a mutual support, a mutual um, concern, not not concern, concerns too strong, a, a mutual it's desire. An energy exchange. Yeah, it's energy exchange. Mm -hmm. A mutual desire to see each other's happiness and to be mm -hmm. want to be part of it. But it's never given in any way except like, oh, I really desire to help you out here. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Versus now I'm her mom and I have to. Yeah. <laughs> but how many of us do that? We because do. It's, it's obligation. And not only, you know, when, when we show up that way and we say, I, I have to be here, I have to show up for you. Um, we also, there's no real way of doing that without also 
um, expecting that. So, you know, you're my daughter, so you have to, mm. right? So that is usually paired with I'm your mom, so I have to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So when we release um, that burden from ourselves, we also free the other person. So when I'm able to say, no, I get to, I get to decide what it looks like to be a mom and I get to do what feels most honoring to me, then the the exchange there becomes very different because I release them from you're my daughter and you have to, you know, I start to say, well, you get to decide what that looks mm-hmm. like and what feels most honoring for you. Well, and I want to bring up, because we had talked about the, you know, if our our child decides to become an addict and we don't, what the real worry is there is that somehow, because this is a paradigm that has set, been set up by society, that whatever my child does mm. makes, is against my reputation. Mm. And it's, it's, it's because I was a bad parent yep. or any of that. And I'd like to dispel that right away. Yep. Us freeing our children to do what their life path has brought them on. We don't know what gifts they are going to learn from that experience Mm -hmm. because I've actually been down that road and I, I've seen the gifts that have been given from that relationship by, by honoring it in that way. And it's none of my business. It's really none of my business. I may want to be there and be supportive along the way, no matter what your choices are. But then again, it's building, um, and, and I'm pretty sure I can say this. One of our daughters was an addict and we had to build some strong boundaries. We were still there for her, still supportive of her. And we still said, we still want to meet with you and be with you. Um, but it has to be in a, in a neutral place so that we're still honoring her and supporting her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we're not taking on any of that. Yep. And, and nor sh- she's on her own journey, right? It's, it has nothing to do with me. Right. Yeah, that everyone is entitled to their choices. Exactly. Yeah, and that um, somebody else's choices don't, don't transfer to me. That was a tough one, too, with, um, you know, being married to an addict also. It was very difficult not to be embarrassed by his behavior, his decisions, because it was like, oh, somehow it's reflecting on me. Somehow it's attached to me. And so if we can, if we can dispel that and just, you know, their behavior is something they're responsible for and my behavior is what I'm responsible for. And so how, how am I behaving in this situation? Um, and am I trying to force my will on another yeah. person and make them be the way I think that they should be? But, but we all have the, the power of choice. And that doesn't mean that um, it reflects it all on your failure as a person or success as a person that your behavior will determine that. Well, and even her choice to go down that path, because you don't know what anyone's journey is. No. Sometimes it is just trying something the first time and it, and all of a sudden you have an addiction that you didn't know about. But, but the gifts that she received, I just want to go back to that because her choice led her to her solutions which empowered her to be her best self. And now she's an amazing, wonderful human being because I didn't interfere. Bingo. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's, it's so powerful. And I allowed divine to jump in and, and help whenever it was needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've also seen that many times where the most empowering, loving thing that I could have possibly done is to get the hell out of the way. Over and over. I learned that lesson. Get out of the way. 
um, by saving someone from their pain and their consequences, I really just prolonged that, that pain and that hurt. And, um, you know, I, I really believe accountability is love. Coddling someone is not. Um, and I, I believe that because I lived that, you know, painfully over and over. And, um, but I think a lot of that does tie into this transaction where we often think because I did this, you owe me that, mm-hmm. um, you know, specifically with like recovery. I've seen that over and over. I, I paid for your, your recovery. I paid for your treatment. I housed you. I, you know, so you owe me. Um, or, you know, I can't believe I spent all this money and now you're leaving me. Um, you know, that, that is the voice of transaction, right? It's saying, you know, it's reduced that relationship to, you know, saying, how dare you have that choice because you owe me X, Y, Z. And that there's no room for intimacy in that. There's no room for real connection because real connection is desire only. Mm-hmm. And you well, can't there's a lack of trust that. too because I'm not trusting that they can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't get to intimacy well, without that trust either. Yeah, I think the the desire really is ownership at that point too. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to keep that person no matter what. Yeah. And it's a really selfish motive because it's saying I. I want to keep you for me and I want to force you to be the way I want you to be. Um, because I will show up for Sunday dinners. <laughs> yeah. And it's, Aww. um, it's a very forceful energy and, and not a, not a true connection, not, um, not birthed in desire or intimacy. And you're really asking them to do something that they can't do because we, we can't manufacture desire. We can yeah. kind of fake it and pretend. Um, but, it's not ever going to be genuine. That has to be birthed naturally, mm-hmm. right? So, um, anyway, I'm going to make sure we don't have any questions, questions on and see what the next one. <clears throat> All right. It does not look like we have any questions. So, I am going to pull up. Of course, I forgot to pull up the next topic. I know that we're starting a new month. Um, which I'm excited about. Um, Hi, Lily. Let's see. Got a new month coming up. No, we're coming into April. Number 80. Are we on 80? Mm. Yeah, today was 79. 80 is the suppression of the feminine. Ooh. Suppression of the feminine is the next one. It's going to be a history lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Um, actually, I'm kind of excited for that one. So, um, anyway, I hope that you have enjoyed today. Thank you so much for being here. Again, we are live every Thursday morning in the Braveheart Conversations group. So please find us there. Check us out. If you have any questions or suggestions for something you'd like to hear about, you can contact us individually. Uh, you can contact me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or marie, marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we would really love to hear from you. And uh, you can find us on all the different podcasting platforms. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, all the different places. Um, You can find uh, on my website, you can find a link there as well, jillianaurora.com. And with that, I'm going to close up for us. And I hope you have an amazing week. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, everyone.